Welcome, 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 welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 41. This episode, we're going to talk about Hotel Mumbai and the Highwaymen. So, Twana, what are we sipping on today? So, you know, I like to keep it thematic. So, because we're talking about Hotel Mumbai, I want to do something a little Indian, a little Asian. Okay. Um, <clears throat> South Asian. Oh, South Asian. I like it. Oh, Asian and South Asian, right? South Asia. So India is South Asia. India is South Asia. You're right. Alex is all things historical and... Um, Consider me your geopolitical liaison. He is our geopolitical liaison. Yes, you are that. <laughs> so anyway, so... And a few other I, magical things. Right, a few other magical things. <laughs> There's a few other G words Vaughn would like to describe me by, but... I'll Always. Good friend, great heart. <laughs> yeah. Gentleman. Good, good man. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so I'm a fan of Indian cuisine. Okay. And oh. so <clears throat> I knock back a butter chicken in your time? Yeah, I've knocked I've knocked quite a, a few. Rogan Josh? Quite a few. What's your preference? Quite a few. What's your mm, preference? It depends where I have the butter chicken. Um little tiki masala. Oh. All right. Tiki's um, a classic. Are you a garlic naan or a cheese naan? Or a regular naan. I'm a culture. I'm regular naan. I that. like cheesy culture. I don't know. Which is, is like naan with uh, cheese and jalapenos, and then you dip it in that that sort of like mm. yogurt sauce. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I do like a garlic naan. I am a very garlic naan. Crush a garlic naan. Oh. A cheesy naan is delicious, but it's extra. No, but see, yeah. you gotta it have takes away from the curry. Culture will we'll bring it back because it brings the jalapeno. Maybe we could eat Indian for dinner. Maybe we Let's should. Let's do it. Let's That's do not a bad that. idea. That would be good. All right. Yeah, so culture. anyway, so we're all fans of Indian yeah. cuisine. Woo. And so because I'm a fan of Indian cuisine, I, I'm quite um, familiar with Indian beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And usually um, Taj beer is on the menu. But I've had Taj so many times. And... It, it's a good standard lager, but I've always sort of read about Lion, um, Lion Brewery, and I've always wanted to try it. And in my research, you know, I've heard that Lion's lager is, is about on par with Taj's and considering it's the Taj Motel, right? Yes. So, um, I didn't want to be so linear, but I did. I was really curious about the Lion Stout because I read good things about it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I read that it was chocolatey. I read that it was rich. I read that because India normally um, really favors whiskey. They're I into a, yeah. They're they're into something a little harder. So. Uh, in comparison, their beer has to be harder, right? Right. Yeah. So this beer, a lot is, of it's left over from uh, the English. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. It's left over from the English also. Yeah. And so, um, a little bit of Dutch too. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
So anyway, <clears throat> their beers are all strong. So they have like Kingfisher. I was, gonna, Taj, I was just going to say Kingfisher. I used um, to always drink that back then. Yeah, Lion. Um, they have a number of other ones. And so I, I, I did my research and I found that Lion is one of the popular beers in India. And so I also read that the, the Lion Stout was even better. It's their Imperial Stout. So I had to go and find it. And since I live in the borough of Queens. Queens, New York. In New York City. It is the home of over 1,500 dialects. Mm-hmm. Yep. And probably over 1,500 different cultures and foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. it was easy for me to find Lion. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just had to go to a couple of neighborhood, like, uh, a couple of neighborhood grocery stores and and, and you find a good a good mix. But anyway, so I found the stout. And so Lion Brewery is the home of the legendary Lion beer. And so it was sort of birthed and conceptualized. Um, and all their brewing techniques have been sort of crafted since 1960s. And I really like it. Um, it's a, a Sri Lankan benchmark leader in the market. Um, they've they've pretty much gone about their life in the beer world, infusing like world class uh, practices, innovation, artistic techniques, uh, and they've, and they've sort of constructed this global platform of excellence for themselves. And I dig it. So we'll move on to what what um, I'm sorry. To what? To what the Can beer I talk is all about? about. My, can I talk? Oh, you you still talking about? Yes, the I'm still I was like, do beer? you want to talk about the bourbon? I'm like, talking about lion still. So okay. lion is very lion stout is very chocolatey. Okay. I'm sorry, I was going. I was trying to, you know, I was trying, trying to, to set get up. There. I was trying to set up a little thing. Like y'all are disrespectful. Let's get uh, there. Lion is very. It, it's got an 8.8 ABV, right? So mm-hmm. it's already set me on fire. Um, Clearly. <laughs> but also, it has a rich chocolatey taste, a little bit of coffee. Um, I can you, smell the coffee when I taste it. You guys it. can taste it. Yep. Very yep. rich, but very it. traditional. It uh, goes down very smooth. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think you could have this with quite a number of uh, complimentary dishes for stouts. Mm-hmm. But all in all, it's 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 become a new favorite. I definitely would drink this again. And um, if you're in a neighborhood that has a lot of imported goods, check it out. Maybe you can find it. Very nice. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Vaughn, well, Vaughn, what are you drinking? What are you on? <laughs> what are you on right now? I'm having uh, He's on five one. and twenty spirits bourbon. Yes. They're uh, made here in upstate New York. In fact, it's in Westfield, New York. And um, the thing about this is a small batch bourbon because I in, in tribute to the highwaymen and even the fact that, you know, people in India also drink bourbon, too. But I think yes. that, you know, I wanted to try some small batches. And this is literally batch number zero zero two bottle number 1461. So that's how small batch it is. And they get all their corn and, and stuff from local farms in that area. And it's it's uh, about 80 proof which is very strong and you know i, I kind of like it I, f- I feel like it has a, a good texture to it a good vibe it's missing the bottom that i like it's actually 90 proof by the way i'm missing the wow. bottom that most of the kentucky bourbons have because the thing that i find when I'm, I'm sampling 
bourbons from other parts of the country outside of Kentucky. There's something that's missing in it that doesn't bring it to that Kentucky level of bourbon. And and I'm still trying to find that one. And through this show, we're doing an exploratory because I'm trying to find these small batches for you guys to, to let you know that you can find these really good bourbons out here. But there's something that's just not quite right for me. But I, I, I like the small batch flavor and I, and I like where they're trying to go. But there's just a little something a little off, but I enjoy the taste of it. It's good. I'm drinking it straight tonight because I have a little sinus issue, allergy issue. But it's 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 really tasty in that way, and it complements Tawana's uh, choice in in beers. My dark caramel. Yeah, because it has a, the same Stout. look and the same tone. Yeah, it does. You'll see the pictures on on our on, on our, all our social all stuff, social media. But uh, definitely, if you're if you can find it, it's five and twenty spirits. It's their bourbon. Really kind of tasty, but, you know, it's still not Kentucky. Yeah. And, I, and I have to always support my Kentucky brands. But, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like I would have it in like an um, an old-fashioned right. or maybe even like a Manhattan or something like that. Oh, and it would be good. It would be great in a in like a punch or right. something of that sort. Because, once again, it's 90 proof, so it'll take you there for it sure. It will definitely take you there. I liked it because I, I I took a sip of it and I thought it was complimentary with the with the chocolate notes and mine. Yeah, definitely. So it's just like, mm, yeah, definitely it it definitely complimentary. It, it, it could yours. also be like the dark roasted barley. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And the color notes are all and all the textures there. Yeah, the color. The notes. bottle design is fantastic. Yeah. So you know it's it's something to try for sure because you know we have to move away from just the things we can always find and always mm-hmm. look for in bourbons. Because right. th- these small batches, they're doing some magical things all around the country. So give it a try when you can. Right, definitely. I mean, that's what that's how I felt about Lion. I thought, like, it's not it's not the easiest to find, but it just so happened my location was accessible. Right. And I had seen it previously. And right. So I think it works. And, you know, like I said, because there's so many different bourbons on the shelves now, bourbons and rides especially, that's right. the end thing. So... This is a chance to try some something that's new, you know, break out of your comfort zone, you know, and, and just try something different. Absolutely. Try it up. So let's start talking about Hotel Mumbai. Hotel Mumbai. Films. Films. Yes. Films. The true story of the Taj Hotel terrorist attack in Mumbai Hotel. Uh, the hotel staff risk their lives to help everyone become safe as people. Uh, make unthinkable sacrifices to protect themselves and their family. That's so, the gist of it. Uh, directed by Anthony Morris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his first Starring film, Dev by Patel. The way. Yeah. Starring Dev Patel. From, uh, from Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. And uh, um, he was in the. He was in Lion. Was loved it? Lion. Yes, yeah, he was. He was in Lion. And the network. The network. He had a recurring role in that show. Yeah, I never watched that show. He was in Chappie. I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. the scientist. He was, the, the, he was in, in the Wedding Guest, The Last Airbender. He's he's been in a few things. He's a working. My actor. name is Chippy. My name is Chippy. Is that what? It, that's how you say. <laughs> it? Don't don't Chippy. don't kill me, Chippy. Eh? South yes. Africans never saw it. Crazy. I did see Chappie. I, I am Chippy. Am I your friend? <laughs> yeah. So Dev Patel's great. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe not all the listeners remember this this terror attack, but it was a pretty 
It was pretty significant at the time. It was a very brazen attack. Like 2008, uh, 2008, 2009. Yeah, 2008. It's 2008. Um, because it was, th- there's a lot of history of, of conflict between India and Pakistan. People yes, really know there was the true. partition after World War II uh, when the Brits basically started to pull out of a lot of their colonies because um, they'd just been so diminished from the war. And a lot of these countries that had provided a lot of soldiers during the war was sort of started to get a measure of their influence and their power and they really started wanting independence and they had a huge base of their militaries had grown substantially and become more professional right so in particular you saw india which was really the crown Mm -hmm. the money basket the bread basket of the empire um and a lot of very powerful political leaders started to form and so india gained its independence now great like i can't remember exactly what they called it. it was a greater india or british india but that included Pakistan and what is India today, right? Mm-hmm. So they were that was one place. And then what happened, though, is Hindus and Muslims had been in conflict for a long time. Before the British, you had the um, Mughal Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of different kingdoms and fiefdoms. And, and, right. and yeah, but, there's, but the Mughals were the main one. Um, they were defeated by the Dutch, uh, I think it's the Dutch West India. Dust each, dust, the Dutch East India Company. There's a lot of... The Dutch East India were the, the one of the initiators of the slave trade. Right. They brutally suppressed. They had a private army of around 260,000 people. It's literally like Blackwater colonizing mm-hmm. on behalf of the British Empire. Right. Right. right? It was like they were private military contractors that did this kind of shit. The way that that happened, the way that those um, companies broke up, diminished, and just destroyed uh, these colonies, particularly India... Um, that led to a lot of the racial conflicts, racial power structures. Mm-hmm. They put other castes, they put other um, religions above one another. Because mm-hmm. if they can make them fight each other, they won't fight us, right? Right. Now they came together to gain independence, but the divisions between Hindu and Muslim were so deep that when the British were like, "Okay, we're going to pull out, but we're going to carve up India into the, we're going to try and leave." in an orderly fashion. Right. And the way they decided to do that was take a ruler on a map and say, Muslims over here, Hindus right. over here. Right. And we know and that's that, not going to work well. Ever. No. And what happened there was there was war in India uh, between the two sides, what is Pakistan and what is India. Um, I can't remember how long the conflict lasted, um, but it was terrible. Muslims were trying to flee to the Pakistan. Hindus yeah. were trying to flee to the, um, to the Indian side. And you just saw all these people getting caught in the middle and it was horrific, right? Now this, but they called that the line of control, which is the line that separates the two. It's generally through some pretty rugged mountain ranges. Now, um, a real point of contention is Kashmir. Kashmir was a kingdom. It's own little fiefdom right up in the mountains. It's beautiful. It's like a really idyllic, amazing looking place, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the Indians asserted control over more than Kashmir. Kashmir just wanted to be independent. Okay. But the Indians asserted control over a huge portion of it. And they said, well, look, we don't really want to be a part of anything, but most of us are Muslims. So if we're going to be closer to anyone, it's closer to Pakistan. It's a very right. Northern Ireland in Ireland situation, right? Mm-hmm. There's been recent bombings and attacks that have taken place very recently in Kashmir. The whole conflict flared up and we thought, holy shit, are Pakistan and India are going to go to war again, right? Okay. Now, a lot of these tensions that happen is Pakistan's a much smaller country than India right mm-hmm. Th- their population's gauged by the tens or hundred i mean I, it's like i think i don't even know if it's a hundred million 
right? Mm. Maybe we can do a little Google on that. But India is like over a billion. So Pakistan's kind of the smaller, more seemingly oppressed kind of beat up nation. They have Afghanistan on their other side and they have a gigantic Hindu country on the other that fucking wants to destroy them, right? What Pakistan's powerful Muslim nations around them, literally. Also, Mm -hmm. right? Also. So. Yeah, they were like 197 million. 197 million. So that's significant, but it's not a billion, right? No. So Pakistan has an extremely powerful intelligence agency, the ISI, right? They funnel extremists into Afghanistan. The Taliban were funded and assisted by Pakistan for a long time. Yep. But the Pakistani government has tried to stay closer to the U.S. And so we've got the situation where America is paying for Pakistan's military to be modernized. But at of the course. same time, their intelligence agencies are funneling extremists into Afghanistan to destabilize it. So that Af- so they don't want Afghanistan and Pakistan and India. They don't want two enemy states either side of them. All right. Right? And then you've got China to the north. And right. China's always fucking picking on them because China's trying to oppress Uyghur Muslims in their West. So it's right. a, so Pakistan's fucking shit up on a lot of areas because they're trying huh. to not be surrounded by enemies. Okay. So this is context here because one of the <clears throat> ways that Pakistan fucks with India all the time, they've done it for years, particularly in Kashmir, is they train these extremists, they send them across, they fund terror attacks, and then India's like, well, we're just going to stand our fucking gigantic army up and we're going to fucking take shit over, right? Right. So this thing is like Pakistan, the way Pakistan fights is like smaller, more elite units. They use fanatics and they try to disrupt India on a more like grand stage, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these terror groups, once they've created them, it's very hard to take the stand them down. It's very hard to control exactly what it is that they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys that attacked the hotel, I think they're called Lashka-e-Taiba, Okay. Right? Uh, I might not be nailing that pronunciation, but it was along those lines, right? Okay. And You nail it better than we would. Well, <laughs> so this, this group had its roots from ISI, but was ISI directly behind funding this attack? It's unlikely yeah. because it was so brazen and it was so 9-11-esque. Right. Because these guys came in on boats, they came ashore, completely undetected there was no systems in place to really right. watch this right they strolled through with bags full of weapons and everything yeah. and everything oh, yeah. and the thing is the no thing is about it. it it the film never really told you who these people were they never really assigned them with this is who you are yeah. you know this is where you came from it just was kind of happening because they were the 10 the 10 men who came yep and you're right. They had all these weapons, and they were ready to do damage. Yeah. And they were ready to, to to cause as much carnage as possible mm-hmm. in a little burst of time. And they picked several different locations to impact the people the most. You know, so they targeted the bus station, the hospital, hotels, luxury mm-hmm. hotels, and stuff like that, to uh, coffee houses and, and cafes where they would get the most people, mostly tourists. And, and travelers along with wealthier Indian type people, mm-hmm. not your general population. And it's like attacking New York City. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it, it it had such a powerful force, but so many of the people in watching the film, it was just like so many of the people were just so shocked because they're not that kind of people that would react to this kind of violence. They just weren't used to that kind of violence mm. in their space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... They really didn't even know how to respond to it. Yeah. 
just very troubling as I watched the film. I was just like, wow, these people are just like, you know, they were sheep for the slaughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and that's exactly why they hit, they targeted, they took these soft targets, right? Mm-hmm. They knew they'd be soft targets. They know that India, for the most, because they see themselves as the more powerful right. sort of partner in this thing. That's why, that's why Pakistan has, has, resorted to using these kinds of tactics to fund these groups and fund these attacks. Now, I don't know if the film explored that deeply into was Pakistan to blame for this, but the media at the time, so the media at the time, as soon as this happened, I just remember seeing like angry crowds of nationalists saying, we need to fucking bomb Pakistan. I mean, they've had several, they've had at least three wars since 1948. Right. Um, particularly over Kashmir and the line of control that divides them. And as soon as this attack happened, it was Pakistan's behind it. Even if they didn't order it, they fucking funded and trained these guys in some roundabout way. If they've if they've cut too far loose and they're doing their shit, it's still Pakistan's fault. Let's fuck them up. Yeah. But there's never any like, what's right. the aim? What, like, where would right. that get you, right? But it's just, it's so easy. And the, the prime minister now, uh, Narendra Modi, um, he uses the hate he uses hindu nationalism i mean he is a hindu nationalist okay right that's the equivalent of being a white nationalist in america right right? right. nationalizing the dominant power structure um and he whips up fear and hate of muslims and pakistanis um to to he to like whip up his base right so he takes he employs the exact same techniques uh, that we see here Right. right by Trump, by Trump. Um, to get his base and to get people to whip up about it. And right. this conflict that we saw very recently um, was very much funneled, even if may- maybe India didn't want it, obviously, a fucking suicide bomber blew up a bus full of policemen, right? right. Um, they feed that narrative. That's good for right-wing Indian politicians. When those attacks happen, that gives them, it doesn't matter if your toilets don't work, doesn't matter if you don't have running water, we got to fucking get those Muslims. And this happens time and time and time again. And so these attacks, um, it funnel, it's, it definitely funneled that narrative and the increasing amount of these things happening led to and lead to people like Modi, people like Trump, those kinds of people. Yeah. These right-wing dictators, autocrats, the guy in uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil. That's right. how these guys rallied their base and come to power, right? Because well, liberal the, systems well, the start thing to that break I, down and they want a strong man. The thing that yeah, I think course. this movie did and where I had the most problem was they set it up so that you did not know who the the evil was. You just knew it was some... It was a Islamic, voice. Islamic evil. Zealot. Coming. They, mm. were, they were coming for you. These, these young men, because they were young men who were sent there to create this terror and to hurt these people, but they were the ultimate evil. So all of the Indian people were just victims. You know what I mean? Right. And they, and they, they sat in the place of, of being victimized by this evil that was coming their way. And you did not really understand. They didn't give you the foundation because they used footage from the media that was happening during the time. They used right. a lot of found footage, which like was real interesting. footage. Yeah, they mm-hmm. used footage, which was interesting because it, it carried the story and brought the story into real time. Mm-hmm. But the fact was, you never got the foundation of where these men came from, why because they were coming. I don't think they were. 
I don't think that was the important part. I think what this film was trying to portray was the humanitarian yeah, they wanted to tell uh, that efforts in, mm-hmm. in the face of heroism. So it yeah, was they trying wanted, to be a, a fly-on-the-wall of, like, what were the small acts it was taken really by ordinary trying to see what to was manage right exactly in the hotel. That's in exactly the hotel. what they in wanted the to do. That's exactly what they wanted to do. But because the problem was what they did do you was still left out some big points, some big. But points I don't of think that was where they were trying to focus oh, their no, attention. Sure. Their attention was focused. Context it wasn't about terror context. It was like what happened to these people and who stood out. And within that context, it was like Dev Patel uh, portrayed a Sikh man. Who worked for the hotel, yep. and he had a number of um, of issues that went that worked out within the film. Um, a lot of diatribes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the usual. And he still was able to portray who he was and 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 maintain his dignity as a man. Well, they made a point of that. Um, there was they a, there they was made a, a few points. Of that. To make sure that that happened. Well, and they, and they and they worked it out really well. Mm, yeah. Um, they didn't. They weren't preachy about it, but they were very. Ex- they very very much exposed the ignorance of Americans Absolutely. and British, and how they felt the need to and Russians and Russians and how they felt the need to take over these people's culture and make them change themselves for the betterment of their safety. Yeah. But that turned on their head. And in a very civil way, it was kind of like uh, a Southern lady giving you an insult. <laughs> right. so like, hold on, hold on. So, so for people who haven't seen the film, yes, what do you mean by that? How? Because I don't remember Russia, America, or England well, featuring yeah, in these attacks. No, the, the point the, was... The, we're the talking point in was, regards to guests. And they, they were, the guests they, they were represented the as the guests yes, in the yes, hotel. Right, right, okay. were so, and and just, just to let everybody know, these were composite characters. They were mm. not. They were not specific people. Individual people that were in the attacks. They were composites of people, not only the hotel guests but also the staff. Also of the staff to tell yeah. this story because this story is based off a documentary called "Surviving Mumbai." Mm-hmm. That's where 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 you had actual hotel guests and staff members who survived this attack. Yeah, and so it's it's the telling of their stories in a fictionalized, dramatized way. So that's where this film actually comes from. Right. So when you saw these different representations of these people, you saw the guests and the kinds of guests that were there, and they made a point of having the Russian character right. who was there to talk about the conflict, because Russia was a part of this conflict. Russian too. money was very much a part of this. You know what I mean? Okay. Because over the years, because they were either giving money to, to the Pakistanis or either to mm-hmm. Indian and however they wanted to manipulate the people because well, they were about the control still. So Russia, obviously during the Cold War, yeah, this is why America's military relationship with Pakistan has been, despite the issues with Pakistanis funding Islamic militants mm-hmm. for a long time, which America helped fund during the well, sure. um, Afghan, when the Russians were fighting Absolutely. in Afghanistan, of right? Of course. The, it was CIA money that funded the Mujahideen. Uh-huh. And the Mujahideen, once Russia left Afghanistan, right, the Muj started fighting each other. And the Taliban were a huge Absolutely. block of the Muj during yep. that conflict. And you had the, they were all together and they broke apart and the most extreme elements right. ended up winning, right? right? And the Taliban gave sanctuary to Osama bin Laden and so on and so forth, right? right? Let me get to where we are there. So Russia, though, 
Russia needed allies, mm-hmm. right? And before we had the modern age of terrorism, if you were religious in an, Ab- in an Abrahamic religion, mm-hmm. right, which was uh, Judaism, Christian- Christianity, and Islam, mm-hmm. America would align itself with countries that had an Abrahamic religion Absolutely. for the most part. So mm-hmm. most of the conflicts um, with Middle Eastern countries were nationalized, like, na- like pan-Arab nationalism, mm-hmm. right? Which before Islamic extremism moved into the Middle East, it was full of right-wing dictators who were not religious. Saddam Hussein was not religious. No, he wasn't. Right? The um, Nasser of Egypt was not religious. These were pan... They, they wanted a pan-Arab nationalist... Uh, unity the bath party these guys were like right-wing nationalists right. they did not they were not like iran and we had religious leaders because it wasn't until the muslim brotherhood that came into play well the saudis you started to have more so that's the thing is america concept. backed the saudis for forever mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they wanted saudi oil saudis have belonged to an extremely extreme form of islam called wahhabism mm-hmm. and in a sickening twist of fate America's support of Saud of the Saudis has contributed massively to the spread of an extremely oh, sure. of an extreme form of Islam. Oh, for keep, sure. Which has, so. which which is what has I mean, Osama bin Laden is Saudi. He yes. comes from that school of I mean, he comes from he is a Wahhabist, right? Yes, he and is. so and this is this whole this is this whole thing. So the United States has backed Oh, for sure. Islamic fighters for a long time until they turned and said right. you guys it was communism was the enemy because it was godless right yep. america had god it wasn't allah right, right. but still god it's right. better than nothing christians have a place inside of even the islamic state absolutely right, right? actually you just paid a tax and there'd be and there'd be but those guys are fucking brutal and evil and all that shit right but still when the soviets went away well america is Becoming godless, it is this, you know, it, America was the next enemy because it was capitalized imperialism. Right. And that's what you see play out on this. So I can see how, and the Russians were trying to find friends wherever they could, and India ended up being one of those places yep. for a long time. Now India is getting closer to America as America's moving away from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. But still, this is Russian money, American money. It's so fucking murky now. But mm-hmm. the lines were drawn, and then it started to twist yeah, in the for 90s. Sure. So you got, stuff like this happens. You got a oh, nice yeah. little taste of that. They gave you the thing that this film did do in, in a very brutal fashion is that you had an understanding of where all the players were because the characters kind of represented every state of that. Right. You know, because you had the American. You had the... The Muslim woman. You had the the you had a white Army, American Army woman, Hammer, woman. right? He who was, was the, married to the Muslim woman, right? You know, he was the American, and so and then you had, you know, the Russian guy who was rich and just was a, a, about asserting his power, right? It's like a Definitely. Russian all the whole thing, and so it was just it's a yeah. very interesting twist of fate. Uh, Jason Isaacs, yeah, who did a, who did a great job in that? Uh, and he was Vasily, but it was just so. The, the the violence in it was so striking and and I as I watched it I was like wow they were just indiscriminately picking off people in random ass places whether they were in the hotel whether they were in the cafe if they were on the street you know yeah the, it didn't matter they the didn't terrorists really have a were just like 
I'm coming for you. And so wherever they found a victim, they would they would take them out. And they were being led on their phones. Yeah, they had technology was wireless a big point there. Right. They had these these headphones that they were talking to their leader who was guiding them. Because remember, these were young men who just kind of these were young poor men yeah for sure they weren't exposed to all the kind of opulence that was being experienced in yeah, right. they were surprised by flushable toilets just 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 the place in itself. the hotel in, in the, the hotel. hotel they were just it was just it was like paradise for them they yeah. even referred to it as paradise yeah but the people in the hotel were the infidels yes so they, were. they they had to choose and even when there was a conflict in their own mind about what they were doing they were constantly being told kill these people they're the infidels yeah, we have was, a greater mission here a greater purpose he was always in their ear so, he was also the consciousness of their cause yeah. yeah even if even when they stood out as individuals and had a conflict like an inner conflict he was always the overheard yes. and he was he was he kind of a voice of god character yeah, he was a bit of a voice of god so. We, and never we never saw knew him. who he was. And we never was knew never him. never an image of him. He was always on the ear, yeah. though. And we always heard it. He was called, the. he was referred to as the bull. The bull. I mean, right. they started the film with the bull. Right. You know, as they as they went through the Ganges, right? The Ganges? Ganges. Mm. Okay. I knew I would mispronounce it. I'm very sorry. But anyway, they would go across that and they on their boats and they docked. He was in their ears the entire time and we could hear it. And then he was in their ears again in the in the um, in the cabs and then again at their resi- residing um, well, random different spots that he would want them to be at mm. that they were going to commit these terroristic acts. And then again, when they were in the hotel, when things seemed bad. And then they would report in, and you would hear him again. So he was the sound. He was the voice. And of he even he even told them how to talk to the people. He told them how like, to talk for the Americans. He told them, "Well, this is an American. You have to speak English." And he said he actually told him what to say. He told him what to say because they didn't. I don't think they really spoke English well. No, they did. They also didn't understand English, and that was very evident. Um, and so when he gave them instructions, so were they were holding, they were holding prisoners. Yes, because they, well, they, they were, decided to take. They would only hold Americans take, and Russians. Yes, he wanted them to take hostages, yeah. wealthy hostages. Right, right. So you would either be wealthy wherever you were from, anywhere in Europe or wherever, right. or Russian or wherever. But the whole thing was, you definitely have to go after the rich and the wealthy and the American because they were going to get the most coverage in the media because he, right. the the leader of this terrorist group wanted as much exposure in the media as, as he possible. could possibly get. And he yeah. even told them, you line them up, you put them in the window so people could see them. People could see and, them. And as you kill them, the world would be able to see them. Right, it would be that. a show. And how many people did they execute in that in, fashion? In a total, mm. in a total from reading the history of the, of the incident, it was like 160 people who actually died. It was 106 died. people that died. 160. Yeah. But in the hotel, it was something like around 30 to 40 people that actually died in the hotel. Right. But it was just... The hotel was the symbol of yeah. of opulence. Well, I, I remember the hotel they, burning. They like, also the... they also stated the pristine opulence, yes, beauty and, of and, it. and character of every employee in the hotel. There was a precision yes. about the way they conducted themselves, how they would walk, how they would talk, what they would wear, the 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 sort of uh, behavior they had to have for each individual guest, and they referred to the guests as the god. Yeah, they said um, here at Taj, uh, the guest the is, is god. god. 
So you had to treat wow. them with the money. And even when, and, and they and even when they everything. were being even when they were being herded in the places to hide, yeah. they were still they serving, were still treating them with privilege. The hotel staff was still serving the guests. Yeah, no even way. while they were hiding. I mean, so. even as they were hiding, there was what I was saying about the diatribes is that there was a thing about um, Dev Patel's character, who was a Sikh. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, this woman is very upset. She was an American." She's very upset. Why don't you go shave your beard and remove your your um, uh, turban? No, yeah, it's called like a degree, a yeah, degree, whatever the There's name a specific is. name for it, and they mentioned it. And one of his coworkers told him that he was an Indian man who knew that that would be a sign of disrespect for him to remove that. Yeah, of course. And but they wanted to make the guests. They wanted to make the, the guests comfortable. Woman. Even in a state of terrorism, yeah. like in a state of terror and tragedy, he had to forego himself. But they resolved that beautifully. I, yeah. I, I don't want to ruin it for anyone because I think the way um, Dev Patel's it character. It was a beautiful moment. For yeah, sure. it was a beautiful moment the way he revealed himself and explained to her who he was mm. and why he he lived this life, but I yeah. think it, it also speaks to remember when the when the the white woman turned on the Muslim woman. Also, there was that. Yeah, moment. it was also that it also as well. Another diatribe. It also it's, speaks to that because and this happened here in, in, during nine eleven, where all of a sudden the the any Muslim became was bad, a terrorist. Yes. Yeah, you I know, mean, and I think they addressed all of those kinds of issues right within the movie yes. in in a, in a great way. And even she in a, was in a great polite way too, it, it in was, a, such a civilized way. It was subtle, but they they were clear to make the point. They were you clear know to I mean? make the point. And I, I think that I I love the actress who who played the Muslim woman because she wasn't because she said there was a point where she said I'm not one of them. Nazanin mm. uh, Boyadi, right? Beautiful woman, beautiful, wonderful mm. actress. She really there was something about her performance that that stood out to me because she. She held all the the internal strife of I'm also Muslim. I'm but, also Muslim, but I'm also privileged because she was a wealthy, right? Because she, was, she was married to this American She's man. Married to American man, but she was she was far more privileged than he was. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. She she came from wealth of some yeah. sort, and he it felt like he was like a, a he grad was an, student. He was an architect. Something, yeah. Just and regular. and he was. I mean, they made a point to overstate the American culture yeah. and the American ignorance yeah. because they were in a restaurant in the hotel and he ordered fucking hamburgers. Right. And the guy uh, said, Dev Patel says to him, in India. do you want salmon or chicken? And he was like, no, regular beef. And she had to be like, babe, not beef. And he was like, why? I mean, you're dating. I mean, no, you're married to a Muslim Indian woman yeah. of privilege who which you have a child with and you still don't have the you have still have the nerve to not know that yeah, she was, cows are sacred in India? You don't yeah, know that. Yeah. She You're was, still she an was asshole. Muslim. She wasn't Indian, but she was Muslim. She was no, she was, was she Indian. Not? She was Indian. She was Indian. She was Indian too. She was Indian too. Uh okay. but she cuz cuz they kept referring to her as local. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. She was but, Indian, and you know what was but she was they kept also saying, Muslim. You look familiar to me. They kept saying to her, "She looks familiar." Yeah, I think it. I think it was because of 
because of her stature and 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 she knew the protocol yeah of she, being in india her poise mm-hmm. uh stated it but my thing is and muslims in india have a harder time right yeah. But she was also privileged, so she also could span the. She could jump back and forth. But the thing was, is what struck me is the ignorance of Americans. I'm sorry, I'm an American too, but uh, I've seen this going abroad. We can be ignorant because we we are entitled in our country, and so we we bring it to to another country. It's it's a feeling of not needing to understand the right. It's like it's like a lack of empathy. It's a lack of empathy, and they showed it. Um, with his statement about the beef, the other woman who's, who was very upset because this woman was speaking. Um, she was she, talking to her, her father. Her mother. And, and the father. And she was speaking to her mother in, yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in an Islamic language. She was also um, upset as him as a Sikh. She was afraid of anything that was, that was brown and seemed stereotypical terrorism. Right, yeah. right. And... Um, Post nine eleven syndrome, and just post, for a little context, so yes. for people about what Sikhs are, and yes. I think, I mean, I've, um, I lived with an Indian guy for two years, and he was from, uh, so they in in India they have a caste a caste system. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of castes, okay. and it's literally like a, a, it's the equivalent to a class system, right? Yes, and you have some castes that are, um, sort of belong to like a theological religious. Right. Um, world, right? You have some that are warriors. You have, and then you have some that are literally seen as like sewer rats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and like just the lowest of the low, right? And this is this is pervasive in Indian culture today. So someone that has all the merits um, of someone who can get a let's say a, a like a, a well paying administrative job in the government, right. because they are uh, because they belong to a lower caste. They will everything they can do to look over that person. They will do, um, unless someone more powerful says, "Don't be ridiculous." Like hire that person, you know. Right. But this there's a there's a bigotry within the caste system in India that's immense. Well, you saw that you saw that in the film too, because you had you had different levels of of authority and position mm. because you had the the kitchen staff. Yeah. You had the, the who who were the workers in the kitchen mm-hmm. right. versus the people who were greeting people out in the front. Yeah, right. for sure. And, so like know, the concierge yeah, staff. It was definitely a total separation in in the in and the chef, the master chef. He 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 looked at all of them before they would go out into yeah, their he day. Yeah, inspected all of them. Inspecting their hands, inspecting their clothing, mm. how they were yeah. ready and and just if they were not on point, he made them go home. They would have to go home. And then you saw how he was living. His wife was like a washerwoman, and she was a cleaner. She was pregnant, but she was doing her job still in her her the, state. The Dev Patel's uh, character, yeah. right? And so it was just it was an interesting. You saw all of that, but and I, even how they were given information yeah. was was broken out by the caste system. So just but, to say that, so a Sikh like Dev, or I think it's even pronounced like Sikh, but it's more like is it Sikh? Sikh like. Like S I, I mean it's S I K H, right? But like w- in the West, we just say Sikh, right? Okay. Um, and they wear turbans on their head because, yes. and it's similar to like a, a Jewish belief, right? Yes. You don't want to expose your head, right? Yes. Um, you d- to and God. you don't shave. He called yeah. it disrespectful. It's disrespect to. But but Sikhs are a highly respected caste, and there's Is a there? lot of there's a lot of Sikhs in the military because they're like a, a warrior caste. Mm-hmm. 
right? So Sikhs do have a lot of respect. They hold a lot of the highest positions in the military. And they have an almost samurai code about yeah. the way they conduct themselves yeah. and Absolutely. whatever profession they take. Absolutely. Um, which sounds like that's very much the kind of, you know, civility and dignity and respect that Dev brought to his character. Exactly. And they even showed a montage of him getting ready. Yeah, they showed how specific he was about preparing his, his, uh, I'm going to say turban, but it's not pronounced turban. I'm pretty sure it was like. I mean, it is a turban, but it'll have, it'll have a specific name. Yeah, it has a specific name. It's called like degree, a degree. Anyway, uh, he specifically, there was a, they use all the actual items they use to put it together, to wrap their hair, to watch his face. Mm-hmm. Like there was a whole thing and they prepared it. And then they created this to show you that he was a human being mm. with an everyday life like our own because he was late for work because his sister-in-law hadn't shown up. And so he took his child to his wife at her job and mm. told her, your sister never showed, I gotta go to work. And she was like, how late are you? And this was so relevant because we do that every day. Yeah. Right? right? They aren't evil people, they aren't terrorists, they aren't weird folks. There is a considerable amount of Sikhs or sex in Queens. Mm. There's a whole temple around the corner from my mother's house. Yep. And they have numerous celebrations and numerous traditions. That that community, Richmond Hill, is flooded with Sikhs, Pakistani, Muslims. Mm. They all live within that community, which is why I was able to find this beer. Mm. Yeah. So it's just, um, I I I really appreciated how they showed them in a humanitarian aspect. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so if we try to wrap up our thoughts on the film, yeah, um, just what if you had to describe the type of film that it was? Kind of, they they were just like you said, they, it was almost a little more fly on the wall. Yeah, a retelling just, of a tragedy. A retelling of a tragedy. This yeah. is what happened. This is how it happened. And these are the people and the things that they did to try and yes. deal with it. Right. Yes. I wasn't trying to make some larger point. It was like this is what happened i think yeah. it, i think it was a moment in time but being hollywood i think they tried to make it a suspense action thriller but because the it was real events that happened it, you know two people i think that it it had a, a a brutality to it that spoke to something else. it was really hard to watch right it wasn't it wasn't something that you could and the in the and the beauty of it was the heroes that you thought were going to rise up and save the day yeah. did not happen. It was the common man who saved the day. Right. And they had all the tropes that led you to think that it was going to be the Americans who were going to save the day or the no. Russian guy. But it turned into the common man who saved the day. So I think that that was the beauty of the film. But I, mm-hmm. I also felt like it was it, it's hard to tell a, 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 a real event in a way to fictionalize it and make it action packed. Mm. without right. dealing with the trauma of it. Well, I, I thought that they tried really hard to tell. It was it was what I said at the beginning was this gripping story of heroism in the face of humanity. Uh, they really tried to recycle like um, old ideals and uh, tribes and it was the usual fare for retelling of a tragedy. But at the same time, they really 
tried really hard to strive for this sense of humanitarianism and how everyday men can become heroes. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's what happened with Dev's character. That's what they did well. That's what happened with um, uh, the the Muslim woman, the right. privileged Muslim woman that we spoke about, uh, and her husband. Um, they even tried to add a little air of humanitarianism into uh, the Russian who seemed void of it at the beginning. Right. Um, but Cause ultimately... Because the, the police don't say, really save the, or the army. Or they, the in, police in the don't end, save the day, oh, but they did, they, did, they did have a little piece of the four police that were available to deal with this. And they did have a substantial, and they a substantial were like a, piece. Were they like a tactical response team? They were sort yeah. of a tactical just, response team. Two of them had a little bit more knowledge yeah. they in just terms wanted to, of They wanted to save really. people. They didn't want to wait for the tactical They didn't want to wait because okay. they knew people were dying. Yeah. Right. And so they wanted to be, they wanted to matter. And they mm-hmm. mattered. They did. Um, sure. But ultimately, you know, I mean, it's four guys. You know, so were they was, just detectives with handguns. They were detectives they? with handguns, yeah, but like they knew a that they were shotguns. F- but they didn't have semi-automatics. And no, stuff they like had that. a and, wow. and 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 they knew they understand tactical life. Yeah. So right, right, right. they they did their best, and they were substantial. But I mean, there were four of them. So. Yeah, and those and the all the terrorists would have had AKs and yeah, they all had AKs yeah. and they knew what to do. And they were also to ready to die. Right, they were ready to die. So when you're ready to die, you. You attack, and then they had way. like subplots with like family members and missing people, and oh, will we get out? And oh my god, this person called that person, and oh my god, it was exposed. You know, you know, there were there were a few plot twists. They did try to switch things up. I'm not being specific because I think it will ruin the story for you, ruin the movie for you a little bit. Um, especially if you're like me who didn't remember this. Yeah. I just um, remember watching on CNN and I was just right. traumatized at, at this beautiful big hotel in the middle of the city of all these billions of people. But people were just being killed and they were trying to blow the hotel up. Right. But they did. They tried to set it on fire and, and, and let it burn to the ground. Yeah. But ultimately, at the end, also, they did wrap it up with a sort of wrap up as to what happened with the people who survived. Yeah. Right. And how the hotel did come back up. Yes, it did. A week or two later. It was, what? It was, yeah, like it was a week a or two later, it was back. Two. It was more than a week or two, but it was. It, it was, was very quick, though. But it was quick. It was within a, even a if it was a mu- even if it was other month. It was within then. a two month period that the hotel came back. To uh, it was pretty functioning. quick from what I and understood. then they celebrated like former guests and guests who were there and workers who were there because there are still people who actually worked for the hotel that were part of the tragedy. Well, people were you know people had worked there for decades and mm. so they felt like it was their responsibility and based to on the stay. culture of the people they would never just turn their backs on it right you know because I mean? they guessed or guessed okay. are god so out of five i'm gonna give it a, a four all right that's, that's a little high for you vaughn i'm gonna give it a four because i wanted to understand more about where the extremists came from i wanted to get more of that right. they left that part out mm-hmm because they wanted to tell a different story. But I think you could actually told a story with these young men who were who were wanting their families to succeed and, and sending money back and right. doing this, making this sacrifice. Because well. they were making the sacrifice for their families. So but we never get that story. Right. right. You know what they I mean? They did try to tell it. But we don't Very we briefly. don't we don't it's briefly. It's, it's not enough. But in, in movie in movie making, we never hear that story. Yeah. Right. 
And you? I'm going to give it a four because they did try to. Four is not a bad score. No, four is not a bad score. I I mean. You could sell that in a physical store on Amazon. What I'm going to say is Hotel Rwanda was a better film in comparison Mm. to tragedies, terroristic tragedies like this. But what I will say, what they, where I will give them a four is they did try really hard in terms of their character development, in terms of the character uh, Dev Patel portrayed, uh, the Muslim woman portrayed, even in the guise of the, um, the guise, but within the character structure of the terrorists. There were a couple terrorists that they tried to individualize and tell a little bit about their lives. And ultimately, we found out they're just poor. Um, misguided souls who are led to believe that this is what they should be doing for the betterment of their family. And so I, I, I give them, I applaud them for trying to tell stories on multiple different levels with multiple different characters. They weren't just trying to say the old ideals, the old diatribes, the right. old, like, they Those did, tr- the old tropes, they did just, they did try to touch upon each one, but like Vaughn said, it is a film, and you only have but so much time, right? and so you have to sort of gloss over certain things, but I did think they added a little bit more than a gloss, mm. especially in terms of the terrorists, um, and so I think in that regard, it deserves a four, uh, for some, it may be a little hard to digest, as Vaughn uh, said, but in my theater, people were fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did notice there was quite a few um, young South Asians mm-hmm. in my theater. So I don't know, maybe they were used to this story and they had already understood what it was about. But I would say check it out. It's definitely worth the effort. And Dev Patel never fails. Yeah, he never. Uh, he uh, really is. He was very good. The in actor it. on the come up. He's solid. All right. And Army Hammer is in everything. Army Hammer is in it, but Army Hammer. Let me just tell you. For me, Army Hammer is the Amber Heard of white male actors. I never fucking <laughs> wow. recognize him until the movie is over, and then right. I'm like, that was fucking Army Hammer. Army Hammer was <laughs> you know? in it again. The same thing with Amber Heard. I'm like, I that mean, the last fucking- time we saw him, he was. Sticking his fingers into peaches. Yeah. That's your favorite in, movie. In Italy. In your Italy. favorite movie. He's right, actually right, been right. in three movies since then, by the way. Oh, really? But, exactly. Yeah. Amber Heard. You don't yeah. recognize him. He's been in him. three movies since You just then. don't recognize him. All right. Well, look, guys, we're chewing through time. Let's go Highwaymen. Let's go Highwaymen. Let's do this. Let's do this. Bring it to us, Tawana. Bring it. Okay, so Highwaymen. Um... Starring Kevin Costner and oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Is about a pair of Texas Rangers who come out of retirement to catch the infamous outlaws, Bonnie and Clyde. Boo! Netflix film. Netflix yes. film. This was a banger. I liked it. It was a banger directed by John Lee Hancock, uh, written by John Fusco. Uh, starring also Kathy Bates. Mm. Yes. Uh, she was great. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch. Ma. Uh, yeah, she played Ma. She was the governor. Yeah, she was the yep. governor. Uh, Thomas Mann. A few of the Kim Dickens. <coughs> it had it had a, a William Sadler. Great actors. In the great film. actors. It had people in it. Um, uh, w. Brown. Uh, w. Earl Brown. It had a lot of people in it. So, what do you think, Bob? I. I love this film, and what what I thought was so great about it was the how they told the story. 
Yeah. They never at any point focused on Bonnie and Clyde. No, because no, it wasn't other about than, them. Other than talking about them and referencing them in the crimes that they committed, you never actually saw their faces until the end. Until yeah. the very end of the film. Yeah. And what I it was it was masterfully. And it was done. kind of shocking. It was massively done. It was purposeful because we've because seen you so saw many how... stories about Bonnie and Clyde. Though. Because the movie wasn't about Bonnie and Clyde. But the moment you did see them, and yeah. there's a slight spoiler alert, but it's on Netflix. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, they had been built up to be this impervious, impossible, right. larger than life characters, and when you do finally put the camera on them, they're kids. Right as they're about they're to babies. die, they're fucking kids mm-hmm. the babies but that was they the point. look and then they but gave they us a little bit of that they, stone they didn't meet, yeah. make that point when they found one of their hideouts and they were like she's a waif right and so is he but see that was the whole point and yeah. throughout the film they're playing we were house. told that yeah. they were they were very young they were very small they didn't have a lot of power and influence and i've seen very uh, lots of films about bonnie and clyde of course yeah. and it, it's interesting to me how you know, it was it's really about the celebrity culture because they became celebrities. Mm. And the media, mm-hmm. which which at that time was all about newspaper and radio, right. told their stories and they had a fan base. And 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 that was the thing that connected these two films because it also happened in Mumbai, in Hotel Mumbai, where the media told a lot of the story to the people who were watching. Like we saw a lot of found footage. Well, they they in exposed Mumbai. a lot to the terrorists and to us at simultaneously. Exactly. And so we got the same thing because people were following Bonnie and Clyde and the mm-hmm. story of Well, they of were their, dressing like them. It became a culture. Right. They were they were the it crowd. It was just like watching the Kardashians. Right. Say the Kardashians were traveling around the world killing folks. We would be engrossed in that too and and everything about them no matter where they went and they were they were killing cops and agents fbi agents around right. the country but nobody cared about that well, because, because people the culture they was were about glorifying people. their style their right. fanciness how they were the robin hoods of the right because they but, were and and quite honestly though they were also psychopaths yeah. fucking psychopaths fucking psychopaths she was turning people over and shooting them in the face as before they died with a shotgun and laughing at their face. Yeah. So they were total psychopaths. But like you said, the media was because they were also the Robin Hood Robin Hoods of their culture. They were there was a lot of poor people that were in the the, the, the country. Desperately poor. We were coming out of what the depression. The depression. So you know you had a lot of people who who did not have anything and these people were robbing from the rich or the banks per se and 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 it looks like they were giving to the poor but they weren't really giving to the poor they weren't giving they would to the give poor. certain people like there were but, references to people who they paid for their houses and stuff but it was just like okay cuz you needed them to manipulate them to get them to some something else right because but they it, were essentially creating poor because the cops they were killing their families would end on the end up on the breadline yeah. as they were saying in the film mm-hmm. so essentially they weren't the robin hoods they were just cultivated to be that within the media right and it it, it was called it was just celebrity celebrityism 100% and it was what was cool about kevin costner's character and um woody harrelson they were just good guys who wanted to stop the violence. They just wanted to stay. They were hired to do the job, and they went out and did it. Right. Well, they were good guys, but they were they were former Texas Rangers. Yeah, and they Texas were Rangers killers. 
were right were were known to be brutal killers. killers. Yep. yep, they were trained and killers. And so, what I like about this, they film, said in the film, they even said they said these are man killers. These are man killers. What I like about the film is we meet them at a time in their lives where they face their own mortality. Yeah, yep, for sure. It's great. And where they have to realize, is this really for us anymore? Can we do this? Can we finish this? Are we really like, up for it? Are we really up for it? Their bodies weren't the same. Yep. Their, their minds were sharp, but their bodies could not match their yep. minds at this time. And, uh, and you, could fe- you could feel the strain. You could feel the that strain. they knew it, that was required to do this job. Right. I mean, technology had surpassed them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 their vitality had surpassed them. But they knew specific things about how to be distinctive detectives, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Distinctive detectives. They, they used all the information that they had. They, they right. carried those they files. Didn't, they didn't lead. They didn't. Uh, they didn't rest on technology. Yeah, they did. And they rested on what they knew to be true. Understanding and the techniques that they used is the same it's it's the same it's it's a uh, what do you call it like the there's that show with one of the god what's uh, it's like criminal minds yeah right. like mm-hmm. they they really they they used certain elements of psychology right. to understand who it was they were tracking yep. right and what where they would go them what right. motivated them what their triggers and their ticks were right and their thing was Understand the person I'm tracking. Right. Think of what their next move is. Go one step ahead of that again. Exactly. Put the miles on the road. Exactly. Put your hands on the town. That you, right. You know what I mean? Right. Put your hands on the people and get personal. Because that's what it felt like to me, like a stylized, crafted road drama. Yeah. Yeah. Right? For sure. Because it was all road. Yeah. They were doing a lot of driving. But what I loved a about lot it of was- movement. Like you said, Alex, they went into these towns where these people were, mm. right? And they watched the people, right? That were around. But they understood what they were called the to, back porch, exactly. And people, how they poor really people understood were and where the they would culture. Go. Yeah, they went into these neighborhoods. They didn't just sit outside of it and yeah. wander in an office because they didn't have the the computer and all these things. They didn't to have find the wire taps. <laughs> They <laughs> literally went to these places, right? And and. Uh, and traveled amongst the people, and and there was a lot right. of he, hero worship. And they sat and listened to conversations. Right. They watched how the neighborhood would work. Poor neighborhoods. Well, there was hero was worship for them as well because they were legends within them within their own right. Right, yeah. but that was right? only within the the cops. No, 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 because there were regular people who knew them as well. Because Barrow's dad knew him. Well, he knew and him a lot as a, of you're and, a killer. Right, no, but he knew him. It wasn't just about him being a killer. He knew where he was from, what he did. Yeah, his reputation. It wasn't his reputation. It wasn't about them just being killers. They were killers to people they killed, right? But mm. to people who, who respected them as these cowboys, right? Before the Texas Rangers were even reinstated, right? So after yeah. all this had, had occurred, they realized that the Texas Rangers were valid and their their expertise and their practices were valid and they needed to be reinstated. What I thought was interesting was they just how had, the they FBI had, they, handled it. They just had a license to kill. That right. was their main problem. Right. And that's why the governor at that time right. put but them on ice. They right. resolved that's also that. why the FBI had a problem with them when they yes. came in. Because the young little upstart FBI guys. Well, the G were like, men were like they were they were their whole thing, their shtick for forever. And I've a couple of friends in government and they always sort of say like that. The FBI agent is like it's a, it's like clean cut yep. Midwest right. 
buy the book, right. follow the rules. Obviously, the FBI has evolved a lot, but right. like you saw this in the in the un, is the Untouchables right. Elliot Ness yeah. film, right? And yeah, the FBI with Kevin Costner. With Kevin, Kevin Costner, <laughs> they could not get the job done. And in the Untouchables, his whole thing is like, I don't need those kinds of men. Right. I need these kinds of men. I need ground men. Yeah. People who I touch need some the fucking, world. I need some And that's what I love warriors. about real, it. Real people yeah. who touch the world, who have a sense of consciousness. Yeah. Exactly. People, people put who put their hands on the death. Right. Put their hands who, on the fucking. Right. And that the, was the whole the thing about Woody Harrelson's character, um, Galt. He had a thing about death. He said the weight of of death was always too much for him. Where Kevin Costner's character, it wasn't about the weight of death, it was about the capture. Right. He always had to capture the person. Mm. But for Woody Harrelson's character, Galt, it really was about whose life am I taking? Yeah, and he, I think he kind of felt he that he his mortality, when, when he died, he felt like he was gonna pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was even he was reminded of it. He was, he was even reminded of it by his son yeah. who said, oh, my friend at school said... That you're going to go to hell, yeah. That you're going to go to hell. Yeah, because so, they they were infamous. They were legends. Right, so it's it's always been in his mind, but Kevin Costner's character decided, well, I'm about doing the good for the people, right? and so I've got to make this sacrifice, and if I have to take people out, Kevin I Costner, do it. His character was that if you ask someone, would you... Um, you have a child in front of you, you have an innocent four-year-old child mm-hmm. you need to shoot them in the face to save humanity he would shoot them he would 100 percent absolutely shoot that he wouldn't think thought. fucking twice dude. no but what i thought he would double tap he, to make Harrison's sure character galt would would think would not pull the trigger he would never pull the trigger he wouldn't do it he but wouldn't that, do it and i love that the because harrelson is so introspective so introspective and he's just so good at Play, like it's just communicating those internal struggles and strives. Right. I saw right. the film with him where he plays the. There are the soldiers that go and tell families that their um, uh, family members have, family died, have died in combat. He mm-hmm. goes to their doorsteps, and very similar thing. Like right. kind of washed up soldier right. who would be, have been put on this detail, right. and he just he didn't want to be there because it's a, not a good detail. But at the right. same time. He just the whatever guilt he felt from combat, he could kind of feel the. He would just be that. He would take the weight of grief from the family he was speaking to, right? And that somehow was like a self-flagellation, yeah, right? Yeah, to yeah, punish yeah. himself for what to he to punish committed. himself for what and he did. And I just, I saw as soon as I saw this film and and see him deliver some of those lines, I was like, oh, you've done this before, yeah, dude. right? For sure. You're a fucking. Sure. What, what was the line that they would say? That would say, "Hands up." It would say, get your mode. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so I watched this film with Jen. Modus. Something. I watched this film with Jen, and she right. was she laughed at the because that wasn't the, way the right. That he, well, no, because he said right? it like a fucking gringo. Right, right, right. Right, right, because it was a Spanish translation, right? <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Because they would mention it every time they went into a dwelling. Yeah, it's, so it's mano sariba. Right. And he'd be like mano sariba. Yeah, right. he was like mano. Mano sariba. Yeah. Mano and so that's Sarita. how in the film they would be alerted that they were gringos and they should just shoot without warning. And then there and was so at some point there was a reference to, to the Mexicans in the beginning. Well, because that 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 was the that was the that was the event that so you that had brought set them together. Their, well, you mm-hmm. had no, but not brought them together because they were partners. But that had set their 
their trajectory, their approaches to what they did, right. and the fact that he, Kevin Costner's character, he married a sort of a Southern belle, right, with money, kind of, with money, and he had sort of gone off to try. He, you know, seeing a being right. a bored, successful. Yeah, he was like a head of security right? and all that. Exactly, and then you had. Woody's character, who was sort of deeply troubled by the fact that he had been given permission to kill so many right. people, when he, he was didn't want poor, to. but he was not back porch poor. Exactly. But he, you know, he, but he was like you said, self-flagellation. He was okay with the fact that that's where he was mm-hmm. because he felt like he had to suffer. He wanted to make a difference. I felt like he wanted to capture oh, bad people because even the guys that they killed. Um, had done bad things, yeah. But he's like, only surely only God can right. make these judgments, right? Yeah. Why? What? What? What puts us on that level? He felt a way about certain people dying who had helped them, yeah. yeah. And he felt guilt about it, and he was like, that guy shouldn't have died. And he was like, oh, like the but? young guy who died. Yeah, he was like, but he was a part of him. Why? Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner's character Hammer was like, but why Whitney? Why wouldn't yeah, he have he died? Just, he was he a part broke of it. it. Down. He's like, he's gonna and he die. was like, but he was like, he knew he would have died, but he put himself in this yep, in league of people mm-hmm. who would have their trajectory was death, no yep. matter what. If it was and, now or in a year. Or in a year. Right. He was gonna you, die. You associated with these folks, you were going to die eventually because you were going to either be with them or be a part of them and in some way that would lead to your death. And so Kevin Costner was like, no. That was it. He was going to die anyway. And Woody Harrelson's character was like, I am so heartbroken that this man had to lose his life over just revealing something. Because he knows that they set the actions in motion to cause his death. Yes, they did. Because his thing was like, but he maybe he didn't have to die. Like own the fact that our direct actions led to this. Right. Every time we've killed someone, our direct actions but the triggered with, the, the difference, difference between, between him and, um, and Costner's right. character. Kevin Costner's character could not process it, things in that way because if he did, he would not be able to do what he does. Exactly, he and did. so he just yeah. like, oh no, he was gonna die anyway. He was like, he was gonna die anyway, and there were collateral damage. But see, basically. the thing was, I, I like how they specifically separated the two mm-hmm. and their specific talents. Costner's character Hammer was a fucking hammer. Yeah. He was his name. And Galt, which is Woody Harrelson's character, was the finesser. He was a socialite. He was the person that could talk someone into something mm-hmm. and 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 finesse it so that he can get information without having to cause his conscience to be bruised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it needed to be bruised, he put your face in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a great scene. But I love the scene exactly. where he went into the Louisiana police station. Yeah, and he, oh, he yeah. finessed that, that as well. But that. that's but they knew where their strengths lied. Yeah, I love that. Because he would say, like, when they went into, you know, one of the migrant um, uh, poor communities. The migrant uh, camps. Yeah. Migrant camps. You know, Costin's character, Hammer, was like, you are the socialite. You're right. the one with the fancy words. Why don't you go talk to them? And you know, I'm just gonna punch them out. Right. And you notice Woody Harrelson's character when he when he talked to the young man who was the informant. Right. Yeah. Who knew Bonnie and Clyde back in the day. Right. He told him, "Well, you know, you don't have to shoot them. Right. I, all I need you to do is identify them. Right. Yeah. 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 Because he right, saw right, that. Right. 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 He saw but that he wasn't struggle. an informant. He was a detective. Right. I mean, he, he knew, was a deputy. But who he had knew grown he wasn't ready. He knew right. He wasn't and he ready knew he was it. like, you don't have to shoot. But the guy felt like. He had not shot 
in so many times yes. and so many opportunities he had. So he needed he to do guilt. that. He felt guilt. He felt guilt about guilt for it. Every, for every cop that was just right, 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 executed right, right. by But him. also, you know what I like also is how they exhibited their age. So, you know, it, it, it's funny because I, I, I related a little bit to, to Woody Harrelson because it's like, you know, they each had their own thing. So, uh, Kevin Costner was not quite as fast anymore. Yep. He didn't drive well yep. anymore. He didn't have the patience to deal with people anymore. He just fucking punched them in the face right. and beat the shit out of them. He didn't even want to hear the story. He didn't he want to hear like, the story. While Woody Carlson, he had all the patience of that, but his body didn't have it anymore, so he peed every two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we as people, right, yes. understand, right, because we're not in our 20s. So we understand what it is to age, yes. right? So I, I, I grew an affinity for Woody Harrelson because yeah. it's like, damn, you do have to pee like every two minutes, wow. right? At certain times, depending on what you're doing, where yes. your attributes, what you're taking, what you, you, you realize from thirty. And to I'm 40, the one who has very little patience for anybody, right? So from thirty to forty, on radio, right? Yes. On the radio. So from thirty to forty, you realize that your body has changed in such a way that you're like, fuck it. I'm just gonna allow this to happen. Yep. But it was it was so interesting how they really showed them living their lives yep. as older men, aging rangers mm-hmm. who just yeah. were like even when the and, FBI came and, you know and you like made fun of them and they're like breathing heavy. Right. And you know where you saw it again when when Costner was deciding on whether he was gonna approach him or not? Right. Just the fact that he sat and watched him. Right. Because he was deciding on a few things. He said he was deciding on like how quick he was, but it wasn't that. It was also about, do I want to put this burden on someone else? Right, because that's what you heard in the end. end. At the end, he really- He did all of that that thought. Did the calculus. He's like, I don't don't want you to be in this space with me. You don't have to be the one that takes over- This guilt, this but, struggle. Very really cool film, but I thought. what I liked, though, was he, he put that down and he said, I can own the weight of this death. Yes. I'll, I'll own it. Yep. Right. Right. But when it came down to it, every motherfucker pulled the trigger and emptied his clip. Right. Yep. And even Costner, towards the end, <laughs> emptied their clips. Man. What, what, what I was saying to you that guys car earlier was, was that the, the pace of the film and the way the film unfolds. You, if you understand and know the story of Bonnie and Clyde, right? So you know what the ultimate end is. Yeah. But yet, if you watch this film, because I knew the ultimate end of Bonnie and Clyde, I was like, oh, so worried that Costner yeah. and Harrelson would be hurt, yeah. right? Yeah. But I knew ultimately at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde go down and this, this, that, and I nerd. Didn't, I right. didn't know that it was two Texas Rangers that ended up taking them. Yes, down. I did. And I remember I thought it. it was the FBI. No, that no, no. I remembered belief. it from the original um, Bonnie and Clyde film. Uh, God, I forgot. But it wasn't even, it wasn't just them. You had. You had a sheriff's deputy. You had, you had two Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fucking parish police. I mean, there was right. a motley crew. I mean, it was sure. a motley crew, but it was a motley crew of real guys. Yeah, and yeah. that's what they wanted. Real souls to do that. But that's when Costner's character stepped up and said, I will be the one to step out and say something. And Harrelson's like, you don't have to do that, though. We set this whole thing yeah. up. Like, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, no, I'll still do it. And I then thought he kind of wanted to die. 
It felt part like part of he, him was like, if I go out, I want to go out like this. Because right, he but, knew that his guys would get them in the. But end. ultimately, like, uh, you know, that was his way of sacrificing himself. As in Harrelson's way was stewing in alcohol right. and misery, right? Yeah. And he didn't and, want Harrelson's character to have to be the one to die. Right. He didn't he want him to, to suffer. He wanted to be the one that takes the spot. Mm-hmm. That that sacrifices ultimately. Mm. But even the end was amazing when. First of all, I was blown away about the whole end when they brought the amazing. They brought the car into town, and then later we find out that that was a real event. They 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 recreated it so beautifully that I I was watching that with Jen, and I was like, "This is absurd. There's no fucking way." Right? I said, "There's no no way that happened." And then they showed you that they showed you the historical footage. I totally got into because because that's who we are as a culture it. of people. That's what people. We've but then then. always I got it, been though. the same way. No, yeah. no, I was going to say. We've but then we the got it. Way. We have never changed because if yep. someone passed away, case in point, Nipsey Hussle, right, absolutely. was just murdered. Yep. Absolutely. He had his funeral at the fucking Staples Center. Yep. The last person to have his funeral at the Staples Center, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yep. and 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 a friend of mine said to me, I didn't know. That that's what they had decided. But she had said to me at dinner, like, oh, did you know that Nipsey was being interned at the Sable Center? And I was like, I'm not surprised. Because he touched so many people. Yeah. I didn't even I wasn't even a fan of Nipsey's music, but I knew about his humanitarian efforts. Right. And that's what I was a fan of. Was and he so, into some shit? Yeah, I mean he was ex, well, he, he was an ex gang member. Right. He was to me, I called him Little Snoop because he was an ex gang member who turned his shit around. Right. right. But he, he surpassed Snoop in the sense that Snoop is humanitarian too, but he's he, uber capitalist. Uber capitalist. But he started hum, very humanitarian efforts. Right. He does a lot for his community. He puts a lot back in like sports and yep. arts yeah, and yeah, music mm-hmm. he did all that before he became like a co-host with fucking martha stewart right. you know what i mean yeah. and before he started making his own vapes and shit like that but capitalism is america so yep. people are gonna vibe for that yep. but what nipsey was doing was he was trying to what's the old adage you lead a horse to water Right, but you can't make him drink. But you can't make him drink. But if you, what's the, uh, you show him how to do it, and he it's, will it's teach you. You you give him a fish, or you teach him how to fish. Right, you're right, right. You give him. Too. You could even fish for him, or you could teach him how to fish. But yep. the, it's a whole adage. I'm messing that up. But anyway, <laughs> the whole thing was that Nipsey's teach thing. Him how to fish. Nipsey's thing was he wanted to teach his community to fish. Yeah, right. he wanted to say, listen. We can have a we work in our community. Let's give a man a fish. Right. Feed yep. for, eat and for a day. Right. Teach a man a fish. Exactly. Eat for a lifetime. Right, right. So his thing was he wanted to teach his community to fish. And so that was the adage is that. And he was starting businesses within his. He within started his businesses within his community. He took people's ideas and became partners with them instead of taking over their yeah. ideas. And he stayed in the community. And, and he was working with the police department. So why to in the fuck foster did he get shot? He got shot because. I feel this, like that's some old beef somewhere. It's it was old beef. There was but like there, how but listen, can the beef be that fucking? No, the beef is that real because real. when you are poor and you have nothing, your pride is everything. And so what happens is is that for me, I think Nipsey forgot that he was still he remembered he was in this community but he also forgot the feeling of what it is to live in that community he lived in it because he went every day but he didn't live there but see the thing is is that there was a guy 
who came into his establishment all the time. And then so there was a little scuffle. And from what I've read, there was a beef about him just walking around the store and not buying anything. And so essentially the man was embarrassed, right? Right. And so he came back and killed him because it was wounded pride. And essentially when you live in that community, all you have is your pride, right? Right. You have your pride and you have your weapon and you have whatever association you associate yourself with. So it's like, that's why the Bloods and Crips are doing this sort of truce. But we've done this truce before, right? So it's like, when do we get to a place where Nipsey was trying to go, whereas when is this Because Nipsey literally truce? was going to meet with the police department right. so and when, talk about better relations between the right. people so in the Right, so when do we work police? where this truce is a substantial end? It's not for the sake of someone's end. Right. It's not for tragedy. It's for the absolute end and for the betterment of the black community. And that's where Nipsey was going But you know what's, what's interesting about it, speaking of Nipsey, even at his memorial uh, visage, there was all this violence that would break out because people would hear us. It hear broke a out noise. in Clausen. It broke out in right. Clausen, not in the Staples Center because that's hear, downtown it LA. It was never going to happen in the Staples Center. But right. you hear these noises, you know, at the, at the at the candlelight visual, and then people start panicking and running. Well, because it's sort of crabs in a bucket, but you know what I mean? Same, yeah. It was the it same. It was the same event in the in the. It was film the same event where people were literally reaching at the bodies and trying to get to the bodies. Right, they were stuff. all reaching. Everybody because, was eating the. But other. it was, but it was also a sense of I need to touch that greatness because mm-hmm. there were people who went to that funeral who I'm sure didn't know fuck about Gnipsy. No. L.A. is feeling a certain amount of pain because that happened in L.A. Yeah. We felt that pain when it happened to Big. Yeah, right, for sure. so because this is New York, and that's where Biggie was from. That's and why so the, the funeral procession felt, was all through Brooklyn. And right, whatnot. and that's why the funeral procession was through Clawson in in L.A. Mm. So people wanted to reach out and touch this person. You were such a reality to me that I thought you were next to me, but now that I see that you're dead, that you're dead is all hope lost. Mm. Am I gone? But, you know, in terms of that, what Nipsey's people are saying is the marathon continues, right? That was his that was his line. That was his theory. Yeah. If I die, stories. it doesn't stop. The marathon yeah. continues. Continue my work in whatever way possible. And so that's why we're associating this with what happened at the end of this film is that people were trying to touch that greatness people felt that. Bonnie and Clyde had, but yet they really didn't know who Bonnie and Clyde was. No. They wanted a piece of what, right? They didn't, sticking it to the man. And I don't was, even know if they cared. Know? They were sticking it to the man. You know, it's OJ too, right? Right. Everyone was like, "Yay, OJ, run, run!" Right. But OJ was a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. OJ was fucking the blacks. He was caring for the whites. That's how the Kardashians exist, right? So that he was really like saying he wasn't big in his own community. He didn't even consider himself black. Right. He was big into representational um, aspects of white culture and belonging to them and not belonging to his actual people. But because he was a black man evading the police and we're all about representation, right, evading the criminal system that has hurt and degraded and destroyed our families and ourselves for so long, we grasped on to OJ because he seemed like a savior, yep. not knowing what the really underlining efforts were with him. Mm-hmm. Same as Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. yep. It's it a nice way to tie it up. A nice way to tie it up. Yeah, so, so, final thoughts on the film. Final thoughts. Out of five. Out of I'm five. I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a really five. It. it was really? good. I thought the introspective, uh, oh, the introspective thoughts 
character development was very, very enlightening, very touching. Also thought it was classically acted by Costner and Harrelson. Yeah, absolutely. They still got it. Old yep. folks, keep doing absolutely, it. Absolutely, they got it. They try to get y'all to be old, so but you're still killing I it. I would not <laughs> give it a five. I would give it a four and a half. Okay, close And the enough. reason that is because there was something about it from, maybe it's just from a storytelling or a okay. suspense perspective, right. that I benchmarked this film against Untouchables. Right. And there was just something about the Untouchables, if it was the scope of it, if it was how they tried to tell that story, but there was just something that felt kind of epic about this. Okay. And and about that film. And about the Untouchables? Yes. Well see It was grand. It was grand. You know, and and this film the acting was on point. I thought the storytelling was on point. The way that they put it together was on point. It felt gritty, it felt real. But there was just just from a pure like what is a great film, what is a five out of five film. Okay. There was just something for me that just didn't quite. I just wasn't like I was like oh, I wouldn't have been amped to have seen it in theaters. No, I wouldn't yeah. have seen it. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't. Well, there was just something about it that didn't have. It well, wasn't a thing. But let me tell you, that was the that was the exact Clyde, opposite. That was the actual reason why I liked this film. Okay. And the reason why I felt like it was a five, because it was a smaller story. Yes. It wasn't about Bonnie and Clyde at all. Because a Bonnie right. and Clyde film is a theater film. It's right. Theater it film. wasn't about Bonnie and Clyde at all. It wasn't about the FBI. Yeah. It was about these two these Texas two Rangers. Texas yeah. Rangers. Very small story. <laughs> Most of the yes. dialogue that happens and the action that happens is between the two of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that that bigger scale film with Kevin Costner and a bunch of dudes with guns and throwing people off off ceiling roofs and shit. Yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that, that movie. It yeah. was a very small movie that was done very well. Yeah, you're right. in a car and, and you're in a little town. Exactly. And you're you're, you're riding on a road. Right. Yeah. You it know was what a road I mean? drama. It was definitely a it's road a film. A road drama, a Just road film. Beautifully done. And the shots, the shots were done in such a way that they focused on the car. That circular scene Loved. where they were going around in the dust Loved. bowl yeah, yeah, yeah. was Loved. fucking amazing. I actually and watched it, it twice. When they pulled it out it and you saw the tire tracks. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Just beautiful. And then just the scene, one scene that stood out to me was the scene where Bonnie was walking. Yeah. And you know, they established where she was hurt. Yeah. And she was kind of limping and dragging her feet, but she was still in her heels and still looking good. Yeah. But we still never, ever saw their we never saw their face the because end. also it wasn't about them and they masterly, masterfully Beautiful. did I, I that. I love how they told in the story. way in which they really focused on the two Texas Rangers. Yep. And you know, and remember the scene that stood out, and I, I knew it was going to be a good film when when Kevin Costner was telling his wife he's getting ready to take this job. Right. And she said, Well, I think I'm going to paint the whatever. I'm going to paint the kitchen yellow. And she <coughs> shut the door. She didn't even have to say, I don't want you to do this. Yeah. You know, they did some masterful well, things in Even at the end when she had her ladies' auxiliary party. Right. Just masterful. And he was like, Hi, trying to hide the paper, and she was like, "Don't act like I didn't see you. Just trying to hide that paper." Right. And I guess she wanted to take my car too. Right? There was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that whole. And then eventually, she just was like, "You know, they make me nervous, and I want you to come home." Yeah, just yeah. some very, some very interesting. I just storytelling moments. You have nothing to lose. I know you have a fucking Netflix. Watch it. Right. Just watch it. <laughs> and if you don't have it, I know you have someone's thing. But Somebody's I think past. this was a great episode, right? Yeah. So uh, if Loved you like this episode, Good films. please be sure to like, 
share and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And don't forget to use the hashtag. That's BBM Podcast. Once again, that's BBM Podcast. And let us know about all the things that you want us to talk about, films you want us to view, uh, opinions you had, even if it was against ours. That's Come fine. at me, bro. Let us go. Come at me, bro. Let, <laughs> come at us, bro. Exactly. And so we'll see you for the next episode, episode 42. 42. Right? Where we're going to view the burial of Kojo. And Woo. Pet Cemetery. And Pet Cemetery. Yo. Thank you for sticking around so much. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. Have yourselves a weekend. Have a good weekend.